welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. I'm your host, Claire Bowne of Thinking Museum, and this is episode 71. So today I'm talking about why I created my method, Visible Thinking in the Museum, or VTM for short, and who I created it for. Why did I go and develop a new teaching method when there were plenty of methods already out there? So today I'm sharing exactly what prompted this 11-year mission into creating a new method for engaging discussions in the museum. And some of the reasons may surprise you. But before we get on to that, last week I was talking to Hannah Pixon about deconstructing the traditional guided tour and creating a completely new experience where guides are given free reign to design and lead the tour entirely from their own perspective. So listen to episode 70 if you want to open your eyes to new ways of looking at or thinking about designing guided tours. And if you'd like to support the show, thank you to everyone who has. You can treat me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire Bound. I'll put a link in the show notes. And the show notes, you can get to those on my website, thinkingmuseum.com forward slash podcast. So now let's get on with today's show. So I want to talk to you today about the reasons behind the creation and development of VTM. I'm talking about why I created a new method, especially when there were plenty of methods already out there. So in case you're new here, the visible thinking in the museum or VTM method is an easy to follow framework. It allows educators to confidently lead engaging discussion-based sessions. And these sessions might be with art, objects, or themes or ideas. VTM creates engaging discussions with any type of audience in a huge number of different museums or heritage organizations. So it takes elements from a framework from Harvard's, Harvard's Project Zero, and it takes elements from visible thinking and combines them with museum education practices, facilitation techniques, questioning strategies, and coaching tools. Now, if you want to hear the whole story behind how it started 11 years or so ago, you need to go back and listen to episode one of this podcast. You'll hear the whole backstory. But in summary, VTM arose out of two basic needs. So the first one was a need from teachers. Teachers wanted to get more out of museum programs with their students. They were looking for slow looking, discussion, engagement, collaborative learning, and crucially, less telling. The second need was from museum educators, guides and docents. They knew that they needed to make their programs more interactive, but quite often 
They didn't know how. They didn't know the types of questions they should be asking more of. They didn't know how to formulate good questions, how to get the group to answer them even. And they didn't know how to share their knowledge when the programme was based on discussion rather than telling. So for museum educators, I wanted to simplify the process of leading discussion-led programs around art and objects. And I wanted to get rid of the confusion surrounding inquiry-led programs and develop a flexible process that made sense to educators. But I also wanted to develop a, a method that not just engaged the educators themselves, but also the audiences. So there were other factors at play too. There were other reasons why I decided to choose my own method. So when I was looking for a strategy for my first museum education program, that's Stories Around the World, I was looking for something that would help to guide the exploration of an object or an artwork, but would also capture the enthusiasm of the participants. So it's a two-way thing. I didn't want to use a method that would seem perhaps artificial or perhaps repetitive or even unappealing to use. And over the years, I've done quite a lot of research into other methods or other strategies that are out there for discussing art and objects. So I know a lot about what other methods there are you can use. I even wrote a chapter about them in my master's thesis and I've taken quite a few courses too, including a visual thinking strategies course in 2013. Now for my thesis research, I explored a lot. I explored formal analysis by Edmund Feldman. I looked at Terry Barrett's critical response method. I looked at the ODIP method from the Columbus Museum of Art in Ohio. That's uh, observe, describe, interpret and prove. I also reviewed a method that used philosophy for children too. And I analysed visual thinking strategies. Now, whilst I didn't comprehensively review every method already out there, I did review enough methods to draw key conclusions and key conclusions about what worked well and what was lacking. And these conclusions led me to designing my own method and hopefully one that contained all the elements that I wanted in a teaching method. So here are some of the things that I wanted to make sure I included in VTM. So for a start, I loved the idea of building a community, a community of inquiry and fostering this spirit of collective discovery. I loved the idea of a group discovering an artwork or an object together, building on each other's ideas and sparking off new ones too. I also wanted any method I developed to be capable of sustaining the interest of the participants. Engagement is key and I could see from my research that short strategies with easy to follow steps and carefully formulated open-ended questions seemed to work best. 
but it was important to add variety too. I didn't want to use the same strategy throughout. I wanted to use a selection of different frameworks that could be used throughout a program to target different areas of thinking. I was really interested in developing thinking skills and I knew this variety would keep the program lively and not too repetitive. I had seen from my research and it kind of made me wonder if participants would lose interest if the same routine was used continually throughout one program. So like the questions in the visual thinking strategies routine, I didn't want that. I wanted more variety. So I wanted any method that I used to feel quite natural, to feel unforced and above all enjoyable and not too repetitive. I also knew early on that I wanted observation to be the first step, always. Now, careful observation is such a good starting point for any discussion. We know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, that it helps you to avoid those hasty interpretations and hurried conclusions, but it also allows everyone to be included from the start. So you don't need to have any prior knowledge to start with observation and description. And it literally fosters curiosity right in front of your eyes. So observation has always been a non-negotiable in my eyes. It's so, so important. So I also wanted to develop something that had flexibility at its heart. From speaking with museum guides and educators, I knew that they were always looking for a method that they could add to their existing way of working, something that still allowed them to be themselves. I wanted to create something that would be an addition to their toolbox of techniques, tools and methods and all the experience and experiences that they brought with them to their museum work. I definitely didn't want to create anything that felt too restrictive. And that's why I think in my trainings, I'm always showing people how thinking routines can be varied, experimented with and used creatively. And I did uh, a whole episode on this as well. Episode 62 is on seven ways to be creative with thinking routines. Now, Being too prescriptive was also something that I wanted to avoid. I wanted more freedom and flexibility. And I'd seen firsthand how strict other methods like visual thinking strategies can be. I didn't want to develop a method where you were only allowed to ask the questions in a certain way and you had to ask them in a certain order. This didn't allow enough creativity and flexibility for educators and also it didn't suit the experimental side of my personality either. So with VTM there's really only one hard and fast rule and that's about observation. Observation starts every discussion and that's it. That's the only rule. And variety. So this is one of the joys of working with thinking routine. You never get bored and it's why I chose them, all a hundred plus of them. It's not just one routine with three questions. I can choose the right thinking routine for the right thinking I want to encourage. I can select 
the right thinking routine for the right group or the right artwork. So thinking routines are not rigid, inflexible structures. Unlike some protocols, you can use them creatively. And as I said, you can be extremely creative with thinking routines. And being yourself, I didn't want to develop a method that didn't allow museum guides and educators to be themselves, which is why Every time I teach anyone anything about the method, I talk about practice, practice, practice. And this helps people to embed the method in their way of working. It helps them to make it their own. And this is why I'm also a fan of coaching. If you can get yourself a coach like myself or your peers getting together and getting feedback on what you're doing and how you're doing it. And the last part of the puzzle is being reflective too. It's an essential part of the VTM method as it's how we develop and grow as educators and guides. And I wanted to add a structure to inquiry-led discussions, but I wanted that structure to be flexible. I want it to serve as the backbone for the discussion and help educators and the visitors, participants, to know what to expect next. So this new method that I've been developing, it had to help educators create discussions that were a rounded whole, not just a muddle of open-ended questions. I wanted this distinct beginning, middle and end. And I think for this reason, it's so important that in any method, it should be memorable enough so that you know where you are in the discussion. And finally, and probably the most crucially, I wanted to be able to choose how, when and if to add contextual information to a discussion. So I believe that in any discussion, there can be moments when museum educators and guides can layer in information to extend the discussion further and to open up new lines of inquiry. And I see our role as being very much the person who's adding a nuanced layer of depth to the discussion by sharing information in small amounts and at appropriate times. And some of the methods I reviewed didn't allow for this. So in summary, Visible Thinking in the Museum or VTM came out of a need from audiences who weren't getting what they wanted out of a museum group visit and out of concerns from museum educators themselves about leading discussion-based programs. Now, from the research I've done, I knew that I needed to create a method that involved good open-ended questioning, uh, questioning that was an easy-to-remember way. It needed to be natural and appealing rather than too monotonous or repetitive. And variety is very important too, as is flexibility. And as I said, I wanted to be add, adding information too. So over the past years, I've been actively developing the VTM method. It's been constantly evolving and growing as I grow too. So the method that started around 11 years ago is a little bit different to the method I'm talking about today. But the key reasons behind why I developed it stay the same. 
And I still see educators struggling with interaction, struggling with asking questions with groups and connecting with them. So there still is really a need for a method that makes art inquiry and visual inquiry simple. So VTM, it's an easy to follow process. It helps you to confidently lead and manage and design engaging inquiry-led sessions with art and objects. It helps you to design and structure your programs, facilitate and manage discussions, and really engage any audience with the art, artifact or idea you're, discuss you're discussing. And time and time again, I get feedback from people I've trained who say that this method has really changed, really transformed the way they work with art objects and participants in the museum. So I do believe that VTM is a game changer in the field of art and visual inquiry. And I hope you think so too. So thanks for listening today. If you'd like to learn more and learn the foundations of my VTM method and 10 thinking routines, you could perhaps also learn how to work on your questioning technique and facilitation techniques with groups. You can join me on the 1st of November for my three-week VTMO beginners course. I'll put a link in the show notes. And before I go, don't forget our Facebook group, group, The Slow Looking Club. You can look for it under groups in Facebook or I've put a link in the show notes. That's it for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.